turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, it's official, folks. We are now officially in a recession. If you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you already know that I've been sharing anyone who goes to the grocery store or the gas station already knows we've been in recession for quite some time. And I know though some of the latest numbers have shown like 9% uh, CPI, consumer price index. The reality is that's a basket of goods and services that measures everything equally. And the reality is people purchase food and gas, things like that far more often then they do things like appliances, for example, or cars even. So it's not a very good measure, and it's intentional that way. I think most people understand that, that it's an intentional misrepresentation of what the true inflation numbers are. Now, I know this is unscientific, but I can tell you from doing budgeting and looking at numbers for a number of clients over the past year or so, that depending on how the average household actually spends their money, the number, the percentage of increase of actual expenses that I've been seeing for the typical household is more in the 20 to 30% range increase over last year. And a lot of the numbers and a lot of the, um, polls and things like that, some things from the census I'll be sharing uh, with you shortly, confirm those kinds of things. So folks, we're clearly in very strong double-digit inflation, which is some of the highest inflation numbers that have been reached or seen, well, certainly in my lifetime, uh, even in, in many ways, higher than it was in the 1970s when we had record inflation. Because that's the other thing that's one of those dirty little secrets that our government doesn't like to share is how they count inflation, how they measure inflation today is far different than it was in the 1970s. So when they talk about, you know, the Federal Reserve rate going up to 20% and things like that, you know, and the inflation numbers that we were looking at, they were in the the double digits, you know, we're, we're actually a closer measurement, a better measurement, more accurate, I should say, for what the average household was spending than what's going on today. And of course, it's all politically motivated. Uh, you know, politicians and, and Washington doesn't like people to know how bad things really are. So what I wanted you to understand is we are in a re- recession. That is, we are the unofficial technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Now, I know Washington has been trying to spin and say otherwise 
that we're not really in an inflation or that's one of the definitions. No, folks, if you paid attention, any kind of attention to economics for literally over 50 years, economists have defined recession as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Even the, uh, the liberal media, places like CNN and stuff, even a couple of years ago, many reports talk about, you know, recession being two, uh, two uh, uh, quarters of negative GDP. So they're changing their tune. They're trying to change the wording. They're trying to change the meaning of what it means to be in a recession. Don't let, don't believe them. Again, it's a, they're trying to protect it. They're trying to keep their jobs. Let's be, let's just be real. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. Some of the things that, that, that uh, I guess, point to the fact that we are clearly in a recession beyond, like I said, going to the grocery store or the gas station are things like the Federal Reserve just recently raised interest rates by another 75 point hike. Folks, this is the most aggressive increase, increases we're seeing of the Federal Reserve in, of interest rates in over 40 years. So even though Washington and many politicians are trying to say, oh, we're not really in a recession, clearly the Federal Reserve thinks otherwise just by their actions of, of aggressively increasing interest rates. Now, one of the things I want to point out to you on the personal bank uh, front is we're really excited because we have locked in 4% borrowing rate for the next several years. And so one of the things I want you to understand, folks, is that is the lowest borrowing. That's the cheapest money in town now. If you look at a 30-year fixed mortgage even right now, they're approaching 6%. Soon, soon the two, uh, they're going to be higher than that, okay, just because of what the Fed is doing. So the fact that we have locked in a borrowing rate of 4% for the next several years, that is huge, massive news. The other part of it is, if you understand how the personal bank concept works, dividends are highly interest rate sensitive. And like I said, we've got companies paying 575 dividends today, 6% dividends today, and those are only going up. The more aggressively the Federal Reserve increases interest rates, the more dividends will increase going forward. The historical average in a normal interest rate environment, I share with people all the time, is, is around 7 to 8%. So based on what we're seeing with the Federal Reserve, we're quickly going to be approaching those levels it just remains of seeing how how long you know how soon. But the bottom line is, we're going to be going up. So if we're getting say six percent dividends now, and we have a four percent borrowing rate, that's a two percent positive arbitrage on money you spend. Okay, so you still earn a couple percent on fun, funds you spend, which is huge when you consider that can be every year the rest of your life. And when we're talking about high inflation, you need your money to go farther, so it becomes even more important. Well, if we move to a 7% dividend, you got a 3% positive arbitrage. You see my point. In other words, as bad as the economy is, and folks, it, it's not good, no matter what you're hearing. Um, the positive arbitrage, the personal bank concept, just improves. It gets better, again, because of locking in that low borrowing rate. I've even talked to several real estate investors recently that have gotten super excited because of that low borrowing rate. You know, we, we've gotten used to low borrowing rates for the past decade plus. And if you're paying any attention, you know those are going away rapidly. So this is gonna be one of the best games in town. The cheapest money in town is what several people have been telling me. So if you wanna look into this further, I encourage you to contact me at yourpersonalbank.com for more info.
But I want to talk more about the general economy because I just, uh, in fact, earlier, uh, you know, just today, in fact, I spoke to a group of real estate investors and uh, I was talking about some of, some of the questions that they were asking me and some of the bigger picture stuff. I've said this so many times that I love the quote from Mark Twain where he says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes. And the best rhyme I can give you, and you've heard this from many people, is what the type of economy we're dealing with is, is similar to the 1970s economy. In fact, many of the causes are similar. Those of you that are old enough to remember, you know, OPEC, you know, that's what it was an outside influence, but OPEC caused an oil crisis or an energy crisis, a shortage of energy. Does that sound familiar? And they did it twice, actually, in the early 70s and then again in the late 70s. So there were actually twin recessions that occurred through the 70s, the second one being even worse than the first one. Now, what's ironic, or I say what's infuriating, I guess, that's a better word, is the 1970s inflation was probably caused by outside influences. Now, the fact we were reliant on energy from other countries like Middle East, you know, oil from the Middle East was not a good thing. That was not smart. And, you know, it hurt our country for a decade. So that could have been avoided. But, uh, you know, it was an outside influence. But this time we just flat out shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, the current administration and their policies and what they're doing with the uh, energy policy, reducing the energy policies. I mean, folks, whether you forbid the politics for a minute, you know, I know there's a lot of emotion involved with all of it, but you've got to understand one thing, basic economics 101. And unfortunately, there's not, there's a lot, there's a, there's a true lack of understanding of that out there these days. But basic economics 101 is quite simple. You reduce supply, you're going to increase prices. Reduce supply increases demand, okay? Supply and demand. It's very simple. So when you do things like shut down the Keystone Pipeline, and by the way, which most people don't hear about, uh, Biden not only shut down the Keystone Pipeline on the first day in office, he shut down nine others. So 10 pipelines were shut down, folks, not just one. That has a huge impact. Secondly, even bigger, more so than the direct impact was the message that it sent to energy companies and investors in energy projects. See, what, what a lot of people don't realize, again, basic economics, you know, oil prices have recently been at all-time highs. So they're still very high. And if you think about it a minute, energy companies, what are they in the business to do? Provide energy and sell energy to consumers, right? Well, when your product is at an all-time high and you're, busy, you're in that business, what do you want to do? Sell more or less of it? If the energy companies could sell twice as much, produce twice as much to tomorrow, they would do it in a heartbeat because the prices are at all-time high, which means they would be at all-time profits. So that tells you something. If they're not doing it, they're not able to. It's because of outside influence, outside forces. And the reality is, because of the hostile environment towards energy, that you know, investors, Wall Street and all that, who normally would invest in say, a drilling project, which can amount to billions of dollars and take decades even, they're not willing to put their money there because the risk is too high because of the hostile environmental, or I should say the hostile 
um, administrative effects, or, you know, administration, right? So the money's dried up is what it boils down to. So they're not able to do many of these projects that they would want to do. And see, that's the catch-22. We hear it from the administration. Well, there's leases out there and people aren't drilling. It's because the money's not there to do the drilling because of the hostile environment that they're in. They're not willing to put their money on their line. I mean, let's face it. Would you? Would you invest in an oil project or a natural gas project or anything like that right now, given what's going on? Probably not, right? Oil companies and energy companies are no different. So you got to keep those things in mind. Like I said, you have to think sometimes. You have to think about why things are the way they are and always follow the money. It helps you understand better why things are the way they are and why we're in a recession now officially, why we have record inflation. And so I guess what I want to do and, and, and share a little more as we go through some things today is how do you navigate this? What's working? And as I stated earlier, your personal bank, uh, the process is the product's even better than ever because we've locked in the low borrowing rate of 4%, like I said earlier. And dividends are going up because they're highly interest rate sensitive. And the Fed's doing nothing but raising interest rates aggressively. So contact me at yourpersonalbank.com for more information. And I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned in the next segment. So I'm going to talk, going to talk about some more big picture things and then also how to handle what to do. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, if you don't think we're in a recession, got news for you. We got two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, which is the technical definition of a recession. Has been for the past 50 plus years, by the way. So if anybody tries to tell you otherwise, um, they're all wet. <laughs> it's bottom line. That has been the definition for, for decades. Secondly, the Federal Reserve just raised interest rates another 75 basis points recently, and they are on the path of raising interest rates, the most aggressive interest rate increases we've seen in over 40 years. So if you're hearing from Washington, we're not in the re uh, recession. By golly, the uh, Federal Reserve, their actions are, you know, they're concerned about inflation, right? And then secondly, another thing is more Americans are struggling to pay their bills, according to the Census Bureau. In fact, something like, oh gosh, it's 80, 90 percent of Americans are, and I'm sorry, are not over half, I'm sorry, over half of Americans are struggling to pay their bills, which is a like roughly double where it was just a year, a year or two ago. Um, something like 43 million are having a very difficult time and another 58 million households, that's 48 million households, by the way, not people, are having a little difficulty meeting their, um, well, their basic expenses, all right? So that's 90 million households, folks, in the United States that are struggling because of inflation, the higher costs of things, all right? And, you know, this whole thing about, I, I got to share this too, you know, the, the White House and uh, Biden administration recently been talking about touting how uh, gas prices have been reducing, you know, from the high of around five bucks a gallon nationally to something like 430 or something like that. It has nothing to do with what their actions are doing because they've done nothing, frankly. 
I mean, they, they releasing a, a million barrels a day from the strategic oil reserve. Yes. Okay. That's something like 5% of what we use, the country uses in a day. So it, it, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. Okay. Outside of that, they've really done nothing. And their actions have, done, have really done a lot to cause this, right? So the bottom line is they're t trying to take credit because gas prices have come down a little bit from the all-time highs. Folks, the real reason, again, is real simple. It goes back to basic economics 101, supply and demand. You know, when the prices get up to a certain point, the demand drops because some people are just not willing or able to pay that anymore. It's that simple. So when you have all-time high gas prices averaging around five bucks a gallon, there are some people, some businesses are going to say, nope, can't do it or cut back or, or, or you know, buy less gas, which reduces demand. Therefore, the prices start to reduce. It has not, that's it. That is the reason, folks. And it's so frustrating. Again, it's infuriating when you have a situation where you have politicians like the current administration trying to take some kind of credit for that. They help cause gas prices go to all-time highs through their policies, reducing supply. And then when the prices get to record levels and people balk and say, or just frankly can't afford it, prices come down and they, they start taking credit for that. Come on, give me a, come on, man, give me a break. Okay. I, I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. And, and as you, how stupid do they think we really are? Obviously, they think we're pretty darn stupid. And I've said this for, well, several years now. My, as frustrated as I've got, I've been at times, and, and you know, if you've listened, you know, I've gotten very frustrated at times. But I've always held out that the average American is not that foolish. He's not that stupid. And they're going to figure this out. And, you know, the polls show it. Some of the latest polls I've seen is something 88%, I believe, believe the country is going in the wrong direction. Now, folks, that's everybody. I'm talking about all people, not, you know, not a certain group. 88% of Americans believe we're headed in the wrong direction. You know, I got to give Biden credit for something. He stated when his inauguration address, he was going to unify the country. Well, guess what? He's actually accomplished that. Now, I don't think it's in the way that he uh, envisioned, obviously, or what he meant, but he has certainly, uh, how should I say, united the country in agreeing that we're going the wrong way, right? The other thing, uh, investor pessimism, by the way, is the high, highest levels recorded since the midst of the two, oh, 2008 financial crisis. And inflation, of course, continues to rage and is the main concern of investors as it rightly should be. I shared this in a previous show a week or two ago where, you know, the first six months of 2022 have been the worst six months for the stock market since 1950. Folks, that's a really, really long time, okay? But let me share a couple of things that are frustrating, and then we'll get to some better stuff, I promise. But, I, but it's important to understand this. So some of the solutions that we're starting to see are just as ridiculous as as you know some of the things that were caused. And one of them is stimulus checks are now some states are starting to send inflation relief payments to their citizens. 
Basically, they're offering t uh, tax rebates. And of course, California has to lead the charge. Uh, they're sending out as much as $1,050 per household. Now, first of all, we have record inflation. The federal government state CPI is like 9%, a little over that. The real numbers are higher. I think just any rational person is going to understand that. And they're dealing with double-digit increases on costs of everything you just about everything you buy. And the the state government is going to send you a measly thousand bucks per household. I mean, really? I mean, that's going to make the difference. Of course, they're timing this to happen right around election time. You know, I'm kind of getting tired of this whole thing of, I mean, it feels like, it, I'm just going to call it what it is. It feels like bribery. It feels like, hey, it's a payoff, so you vote for me. Now, if people are foolish enough to, I'm just at a loss, I guess. Foolish enough to go along with that, that they're going to be bought off by a measly 1000 bucks, and they're going to vote for the Democrat who sent that to him, you know, Gavin Newsom, for example, of California, the governor. I mean, really? You're going to be bought off for a thousand bucks? You know, I, I, again, they must think we're really incredibly stupid. Um, or, I mean, you know, maybe there's some people that are desperate and all that, but, you know, that's going to, that's all it's going to take to buy people off. I'm sorry. I, I'm really disappointed. I would be really disappointed in people that helped them make their decision one way or the other. Okay. Um, of course, it'll, it'll impact some people. I'm sure it will. But, you know, a thousand bucks or so, come on. You know, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I mean, and it's, and by the way, a lot of this money is coming from the excess COVID relief funds that still haven't been spent, which helped cause the inflation. And that's the other thing. What are the what are their two primary causes of inflation we're dealing with? High energy prices due to lack of supply and too much government spending. All this is going to do is add exacerbate the whole inflation problem or continue it and make it last even longer. That's what's so frustrating. Look, if you want to uh, help nav learn how to navigate this financial hurricane, this high inflation we're dealing with, lock in a four percent borrowing rate, get positive arbitrage. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. I'll share with you how to do that. And stay tuned in the next segment because we're going to talk about some of these things and some good news. So, so hang in there. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. We've been sharing how, you know, we're officially in recession. The Federal Reserve is hiking interest rates even further. Inflation is over 40, 40 year highs. Investor pessimism is the highest it's been since the uh, 08 uh, financial crisis. And, and now we have states sending out stimulus checks, you know, <laughs> for, for inflation stimulus checks, because this, this is a way for them, I guess, to spend some of the COVID dollars that they received. You know, which is going to further exacerbate and just cause the inflation cycle to continue because one of the causes of inflation is too much print spending of money. More money, again, basic economics 101. More money chasing goods and services is going to cause those to go up. Okay. 
So if the states send out more money to people, guess what's going to happen? It's going to further exacerbate inflation. But I got one more for you. Truly, you know, there was Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia. There had been a lot of hope, you know, him being somewhat of a moderate or, or proclaiming to be a moderate Democrat and kind of holding up the whole build back better and saying a lot of things that he wasn't going to spend more money because, you know, we were in a high inflation situation, likely going into a recession, which we're there now. And spending more money, rightly so, would just exacerbate the whole situation. He's correct. Well, he has caved. And now he's going to, he's agreed to basically spending, I don't know, another hundreds of billions of dollars. We'll put it that way. And for a lot of stuff that, frankly, isn't going to benefit most Americans. Look, even if it was done for really, if the spending was done for good things, Spending more money is just going to cause more inflation. You know, I don't understand how the the Democratic Party, the way it stands now, it seems like they have one note. It's like they're a one-note band. All they do is their, their response to everything, no matter what it is, is spend more money. Now, I've shared on this show for a long time. I've been a fiscal hawk for decades. I was frustrated with book. Bush Jr. for spending too much money, okay? So this goes back, this is not a new thing for me. I I know, and I've known for a very long time that when the government spends more money, I've said this so many times, look, the government has no money, all right? They have nothing. Where do they get it from? Two sources, tax people. So they take, you know, they take it from us or they print it and create more dollars that float in the system, which creates more inflation. That is why we've been on a somewhat inflationary cycle for a long time. Now, of course, this last decade was an anomaly after the 08 financial crisis. But, you know, we're now paying the piper for decades of excess spending. And what do the, de what do the Democrats do now? Well, now they want to spend more, and I guess they're going to spend another roughly trillion dollars, which will further exacerbate inflation and cause it to last even longer, So, and perhaps get worse. So I get asked this all the time by people. We're hearing things from Washington and the politicians that, in my opinion, are not accurate. That's a nice way to put it, because they're trying to save their jobs, folks. What should you do? Look, buckle your seatbelts. What what do we expect? This next year is going to be rough. It's going to be a rough ride. And the actions that they're taking are just making it worse, not better. Until we have lower energy prices, and the only way to solve that is basically increase supply. So until energy is in supplies are increased and the government stops starts spending less money, which they're doing the opposite, spending more, we are going to have higher than average inflation. These, this, I think this late, it's like, it's like a death knell almost. I, my only positive from this, like I said, this next year is going to be really rough. I think the next two, three years are going to be moderately too rough, depending on the actions that, the, you know, the government takes in terms of spending and energy policy. So I think we've got a good three years ahead of us. It's going to be relatively 
relatively rough, higher than average inflation, certainly. If a radical shift occurs after the 2024 elections in terms of policy, energy policy and spending, we could see an economic boom then. I mean, I'm not totally pessimistic, but things have got to change. And until they do, we're going to have a rough road, economically speaking. So I just, you know, hang in there. <laughs> I think it'll get better. I'm not betting against Americans. Or I'm not betting against America or Americans. Because again, I believe the vast majority understand that what's going on is not the right direction, as I stated. And it will get better, but we've got to get through this first. I'm coming up on a hard break. I wanted to share a few more thoughts. So if you don't mind, I really encourage you to stay tuned. I'm going to share a few more thoughts about some of the positives that I think are coming up and encouraging. In the meantime, if you want to learn how to navigate this financial storm, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com and stay tuned in the next segment. Don't miss it. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. You know, if you've been listening, you know I've been pretty, pretty negative, pretty pessimistic, and and there's a lot of bad news to share. And I, I'm not, I don't like doing that because generally speaking, I'm a pretty optimistic person. But when you have, you know, the official mark of a recession, we're there, two negative uh, quarters of G- negative GDP, the Federal Reserve aggressively, aggressively raising interest rates. The stock market being having the worst first half of the year since 1950. Um, Many, many American households now have struggling just to pay the bills. Okay, Um, you've got investor pessimism, the highest it's been since the 08 recession. And then you have the solutions by states and the federal government basically offering stimulus checks, and the government spending more money with this latest bill with Joe Manchin agreeing. You know, there's just not a lot of good news out there. And so it's frustrating. And I think some of the cause of all this is, like I've said so many times, it, there, there's, there's an agenda that this current, many in this current administration have that have nothing to do with benefiting the average Americans. And, and I think part of the cause, like this one article talks about, most top Biden officials have zero years of business experience. In other words, they're government, they're government swamp creatures, really. They're politicians. They've, they've never had to go out and make a living on their own or meet a payroll or understand how basic economics work. Or if they do, they just don't care because their agenda is far more important to them than you know than than reality or facts okay it, it's like a cult i mean it, it, it truly is they, it, they have a cult-like mentality right a bunker mentality whatever you want to call it now there's some uh there's some things i want to share that i think are encouraging first of all i should say this with your personal bank concept if you haven't looked into it i mean my gosh uh, <laughs> there was ever a time to do so and I'm just saying that it just truly is because, you know, we're talking about highly interest rate sensitive assets with this increasing interest rate situation with the Federal Reserve. Dividends are just going up. OK, that's the bottom line. 
and we've locked in now recently a 4% borrowing rate for the next several years. I mean, that's the cheapest money in town. And if you're earning 6%, let's say, dividends, and you get, you get charged 4% when you spend the money, you're still making a couple percent on that. And that's on money you spent. So if you use it to invest, you just increase your rate of return by, you know, let's say you make 10% rate of return on an investment, you just increase it by 20%. And with high inflation, that's more important than ever. You know, if you're borrowing money, you can reduce the cost of borrowing, right? I mean, do you want to borrow? I mean, 30-year fixed mortgages are going to be 6% or better soon. If they're not already, 4%, you know, is cheapest money in town. So, or buy something or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? So, I mean, just the personal bank concept makes more sense. It's always been good. Don't get me wrong. I've been doing this for years now, uh, close to a decade in that ter in, in this regard, and it's been good. But it's even better now, and it just keeps improving. So we get as we continue to get higher dividends, we have this low borrowing rate. We just get more and more positive arbitrage, and that happens every year, by the way, folks. So again, if you haven't looked into it, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. I'm not going to try to sell you on it. I'm not going to push it on you. I'm just going to educate you and share with you how it could really enhance your financial situation and really improve things and help you navigate this financial, I believe this financial hurricane that we're dealing with right now as we speak. We have a lot of people still denying it. We have a lot of people out there that still think it's uh, transitory or short term. It's going to get better soon. Folks, we'll see. But this show is recorded and you're going to be able to go back. Like I said, this is July 2022. And I don't believe this is going to be short term at all. And I have very strong reasons why, and I've shared with them many times. The root causes of this is a shortage of energy, energy supply, which causes high energy prices, which impacts just about everything we purchase. So that really contributes to inflation in a big way. And the government spending too much money. Until those two things change, we're going to have a higher than average inflation. And so far, we've seen no sign of that whatsoever, either one of those. So until that changes, we're going to be dealing with high inflation and you know fighting recession issues okay i believe we're in for a several year ride we will see we'll see who's right right but i want to share another thought been doing some traveling recently and i thought it was it was eye-opening actually so i you know live in arizona and you know and was driving through the navajo indian reservation okay headed to colorado actually and meeting some heat because it's hot in Phoenix in July. <laughs> so, and meeting with some clients up in Colorado and stuff, got to speak to, to some investor groups, you know, fun stuff. Anyway, my, what was eye opening is, you know, these COVID restrictions. And, and, you know, if you've been listening, you know that for me, I wasn't a political person. I didn't talk a lot about it, I didn't pay a lot of attention to politics. And, People listen to the show often are surprised by the fact when I say that, and it's true. Until the COVID restrictions hit, then that that just that's what that was a straw for me. That I went livid because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've owned several businesses. I've been a real estate investor. I own a retail business. I own a financial agency, right? And I'm on the board of a bank in the process of working on opening an, opening an FDIC insured bank. But I got to admit, with the way things are going with the economy, I don't. I don't know if I, we want to move forward on that right now. It's really uncertain. But my point is I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And when the government started 
in my opinion, indiscriminately just shutting businesses down. I it, I couldn't believe it. And if you listened and you heard me a couple of years back, I, I went off. And that's where I really got so many people responding saying, hey, keep it up. You're sharing exactly how I feel. You know, I've been called the town crier. And that's what's really encouraged me to continue to go on. So, you know, this whole COVID thing and the shutdowns and the mass mandates and everything else, you know, in my world for the last, gosh, year, year and a half at least, you know, I haven't, I haven't worn, I haven't seen a mask that, you know, I mean, I've seen them, but I haven't worn one. God, it's been over a year, at least a long time. So we stop and get some gas. We're on our Indian reservation, right? And, you know, it ain't cheap. So we spent some money there and, you know, afterwards go in to, you know, use the facilities, that kind of thing. And I couldn't, I, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I've seen signs where they say, you know, you should wear a mask or a mask is required. But you walked in the door to this gas station and it was the biggest sign I've ever seen in my life. Big, big sign like masks are required. You can't come in. It was crazy. And as soon as you walked in, there's lots of people coming in and out, of course. And there are people that work there and they're behind this big plexiglass wall. So I don't know what they were worried about. And I'm sure every one of them were vaxxed and boosted and everything else up the, up the up the wazoo right and as soon as you walk to the door they start yelling if you weren't wearing a mask you can't come in here you have to wear a mask blah blah blah, blah right i suppose it's their business they have the right the right to do that i don't think it's good business to do it especially these days i, I couldn't believe it it was somebody was still trying to enforce heavily the you know mask nazis right haven't seen those in a long time. And so what's funny is some people, some people, you know, just ignored it, of course. Um, you know, we're in Arizona, come on. And then there's others that put on things like, uh, they just put on these like well, handkerchiefs, right? They didn't buy. So they people are just putting on like a scarf or a handkerchief and they didn't bother them. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't care. They just wanted their face covered. And I thought about that a little bit. And, it, you know, Science scientifically has been proven over and over again. An, an, a handkerchief or a scarf is, does nothing, nothing to stop COVID or any other virus for that matter. So they weren't following the science. They were just either living in major fear or, like I said earlier, they were got some perverse, I don't know, <laughs> some perverse joy about being mask Nazis and yelling at everybody, I guess. And I thought, you know, what what a really negative, small world those people must live in. That they, if they if they're really living in that kind of fear, I kind of feel I I felt some sadness for them. I was like, I really felt sad that somebody at this point, this late stage of the game, what is it, two and a half years now later, after COVID's come out, they're still living in that kind of fear, or worse, they're getting some perverse um joy out of it what what a small minded world those people lived in and 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 it's sad because we see that and what what I'm getting at is we see that kind of attitude out of some people that they believe the propaganda and I guess it's whatever you know the propaganda that's been put out by whether it's the current government the administration media whatever it is you know, when they 
they see things like, well, there's two negative GDP uh, quarters, but that's not really a recession, although ben, that's been the definition of a recession for over 50 years. But that, that some people will believe that. And it's really sad that some people will do that. And so I guess what I, I'm trying to say here, and, and, and I, I guess I'm probably preaching to the choir, because if you're listening to this show, you're probably somebody who is interested in learning more. And all I can say is, when you get the opportunity to speak to someone, whether it's a friend or, or an acquaintance or whatever, who maybe isn't as quite as informed or doesn't pay as much attention as maybe you do, I hope you take the opportunity to share some of the facts, some of the things that are going on out there and help educate, and not in a negative way, you know, not, not, not shove it down their throat, so to speak. I really try, you know, I have some very strong convictions about the way I feel, no question. I think that's fairly obvious. But I, I do my best, in, and I don't always succeed at this, uh, to be fair, but I do my best to try not to shove it down somebody's throat and try to share in more of a asking questions and helping that person come to the same conclusion or, or, the, or the, the, the fact-based conclusion, I'll put it that way, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. You know what I'm saying? When they ask the question or... So, you know, you can open the door. Questions, one of the things I've learned many years ago is the person asking questions actually leads the conversation. So that's a great way to go uh, if you have an opportunity or see somebody might be a little bit open. Because the thing we need to do, and that's been a very, I've talked about this a lot, freedom of speech. We have that freedom. We need to exercise that freedom. And that's how we'll maintain that freedom. We have to communicate with each other. We have to debate with each other. We don't always agree. In fact, I was uh, I was actually in a hot tub hanging out with a guy, and he said something about the Supreme Court. And I said to him, you know, and I completely disagreed with what he said. And I just stated to him, I respectfully completely disagree with what you just said. And here's why. And then we opened up, and that opened up the conversation, right, to go further. So. That's the kind of thing I, I, I hope and pray and encourage you to continue to, you know, to do when the opportunity does present itself. In other words, don't shrink away. If you have a belief and a conviction, you have the right to share it. And I know there may be consequences sometimes. I've been blessed in that I don't have a you know, situation where my job is being threatened, for example. Although I do have consequences. I have some people that disagree vehemently with what how I say what I say and how I feel but I just let them understand that it's okay to agree to disagree so what I'm going to say is if you want help on how to navigate this financial economic storm that we're dealing with contact me at yourpersonalbank.com and as long as it's still on our money I'm going to continue to say this in God we trust for more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bake line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates.